0: If you didn't bring a Bible or have a Bible, I have one for you right here. It's just, it's today's scriptures. So, um, I'm, it's, there's only 10 copies here. So, if you can share, but I'm going to pass it around. Yeah. You got, you can look on and read together. (coughs) You know, I, I want to take a moment. Yes. I want to take a moment to just pray for the the children. I I remember reading something about the book of John, which is one of the books in the Bible. It's the fourth book in in the New Testament. Um, And this commentator had written this about it. He had said that the book of John is um, easy enough for a child to read and still deep enough for the the greatest theologian to wade into. And so that's probably true of most of God's Word, but... um, Let's just take a minute and pray for our young ones. Father, we thank you for, uh, Lord, that your word is simple and deep all at the same time. It's easy to understand and also a mystery. And Lord, and yet the good news about who you are is understandable by a six-year-old. And so we, we just pray for those that are upstairs, Father, that, uh, uh, Lord, you, you would not pass them over, that you would... Give them understanding, that you would give them uh, listening ears and open hearts, that you would be with those that are teaching, Father, that they might speak the truth and love in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, today's message is really aimed at our church members, but never fear. Um, God's amazing spirit can take whatever is said and make it exactly what you need to hear and so uh, i'm going to be really speaking to our church based on a couple of messages we've had in the past but there's things there that all of us can learn there's truths in that lesson and so um you i may be speaking but god is going to be speaking to you all in whatever area that he uh really catches your attention then You can depart from listening to me and listen to what he has to say to you. Um, I have been reflecting on a number of messages, and um, I try to kind of do that just to get a gist of what the Lord's saying, you know, because I think sometimes things just seem so random, and then you realize that God is at work to teach you something, or he's got you down a path you didn't even. Realized that he was making the markers for it. Um, Greg had spoken a number of weeks back. I don't remember actually the, the whole message, but I do remember that a lot of it centered on this whole aspect that, that the heart of man is essentially evil. Now, that's a tough statement because none of us want to believe it. You know, we, we measure... <laughs> Women are perfect. <laughs> lying is a hard way to start a message <laughs> I was being I was using hyperbole because of this question I had in the back there So, anyway um, it's, a, it's a difficult thing to grasp that about yourself it's easy, to, it's easy for me to point to somebody else and say they've got some growing up to do but you know embracing that truth about ourselves that Really, our motives are selfish, uh, is, is a hard truth to grasp. So I, I've been contemplating that, you know, and I think the longer you walk with God, the more convinced you are the truth of that outside of being in Christ and, and, and what his redeeming work does for you. The other message was actually one that I gave. It was, it was at Yaping and Howe's Baptism Sunday out at the lake. I, I, I spoke out of this scripture because it had to do with baptism in a sense. Romans six uh, and it talks about being buried with Christ and then being rising again with Christ. You know, it's kind of and I focused mainly on the, the death part of it as as, as dying into self and, and, and coming alive to God. And you know, I, I didn't think that much about it, you know, kind of put the message in the drawer, you know, when I got back home. Uh, And a couple weeks later, Tim gets up at at Bill's house and his scripture reference is the exact same reference. Romans 1, Romans 6, 1 through 14. I'm like, wait a minute. I must have not done a very good job on that. (laughs) But no, I mean, it's like, well, Lord, what are you trying to say? I mean, it's the exact same scripture. But Tim's message was all about the other side of being raised to newness in life. It was about... This grace of God, this unmerited favor that we have in God, and so, as I've just thought about that, I thought, well, what are you trying to tell us as a church? Is there something new or deeper that you're wanting us to understand? And so, um, I want to read the first the first set on on your paper. There, it's Romans uh, six verses um, one through. actually I'm going to start in Romans 5 in verse 20 Um, but this is not the whole scripture that was used both Sundays but a part of it so if you would read along with me now the law came in to increase the trespass but where sin increased grace abounded all the more so that as sin reigned in death Grace also might reign or rule through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. For the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Now after um, kind of thinking through all these things and seeing this particular scripture surface twice, now three times, um, I, I really want to, and all I can do this morning is kind of just throw this topic out there. Hopefully uh, the Lord will direct us, all of us who speak, to maybe continue to work on this. But this whole concept of union with Christ, uh, is kind of, uh, it's a mystery in one sense because you can't see Him and we're not really dead. And we really, are, we really don't know that we've got eternal life because unless He comes back during our time, we're going to die. And so it's this concept of union with Christ that, that we, we believe by faith. And faith uh, faith is the evidence of things hoped for. So it's something that we hope for, but somehow there's got to be this evidence that we have. It's not a hope like, I wonder, but it's like, I know. I know it. I'm just waiting for it to, to see it in all its fullness. And so, you know, I've got to, I got to thinking about this because for us to kind of go deeper in Christ, I think more and more he is wanting us to grasp the significance of what it means to be in union with Christ. There are great provisions that are provided in his death when we're united in that and also in his resurrection when we're united in that. Um, You know, one of the other things Tim said was, he said, I feel like the Lord is challenging me to think bigger. I don't know if you all remember that, the ones that were here. Um, So I got to thinking about that. Well, in America, for an American brain, to think bigger means you do more of what you're doing. You get more people involved. You, you raise more money. It's just you, you know. And I thought about that. I, I, I wish Tim was here because he could correct me if I'm wrong. But um, and then Pat, Pat stood up and said she had this. She has this expectation and this desire to see us enter a, a renewed life or a new life, a deeper life in 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 walking with God and before God and. Um, <coughs> I got to thinking about what Tim said, and I think think bigger means think about God. He's bigger than we realize He is. He's provided more provision for us than we realize He has in this union with Christ. And so I I really feel like this is an area that, um, you know, maybe in the future we can delve into. It is held by faith, but there's got to be this evidence. You know, Paul tells us all these things that we're supposed to have. And then, um, as some people say, we go to the Christian bookstore and find a book to figure out how to do it. But um, the other scripture on your page, we're not going to read through it, but it's for you to look at later in Colossians 3, uh, really is kind of evidences of that faith. Faith that you really know that you're united with Christ. Um, and so I'm going to just read some of those lists of what he lists in there. Um, he tells us in chapter 3 in, in Colossians to 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 put off something. And basically, that means to die to it. Don't do that anymore. Don't accept that. Don't let that control you. That's dying to something. Um, and then he tells us things that we should put on. Things that should should exemplify this new life that we have when we're united to him in this newness of life that he's provided. And so, um, a list of those things that we're supposed to put off out of this particular chapter um, are the following. Let me find them here. Immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, greed. Um, yeah, they sound like things that other people do, not me. but that's the way we think. But in the depths of our heart, we know those things are true about us at some point. He continues that list and adds these five words: anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech, which is a progression. Of all of these are a progression of where anger goes if you don't stop it. So um, the thing to do is to stop anger as soon as you recognize it. To be dead to that. Those are the things we're supposed to die to and not let them have uh, an effect on us or rule us. Um, and w- when we're united to Christ, we have this graced To resist that. There's a want to. But then there's this added grace. To resist those things. Um, He makes a way for temptations. For us to escape temptations. And then he asks us to. Put these particular things on. These are the evidences of faith. That we live in this. In this newness of life. Um, Compassion. Kindness. Humility. Gentleness. Patience. And forgiveness. All these things he wraps up in this one word called love. And he says, When you see love um, working, it is the perfect bond of unity. Unity is the evidence of God's love at work in and through his body. So, what's interesting is, as an American, we read these words and we're thinking about that for ourselves. But then, when you put on love, it moves from an individual to a whole body of people, to a group of people, to his church, which is the expression of who he is. Christ is the head. The church is the the earthly example that people can see that love is operating in a group of people. Um, It's interesting because um, when you look at it that way, then it makes us stop and think about the people we're related to. You look at them in a different way. That person over there is one with Christ. Together, you're one with Christ. They are your brother and sister in Christ. Um, So, he says in John 17, in Jesus' prayer to the Father, that they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be In us. That's a union. So that. The reason we're in in him. Is so that the world may believe. That. God sent Jesus Christ. And so. Why would. Why would a watching world. That sees. A group of people. That love one another. And then they proclaim this news. About Jesus Christ. Why would they believe. They would believe because of, of the love that they see. So when when a group of people puts off these particular things that Paul talks about in Colossians and puts on these other things, displaying a love that only God can give. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I always, when I read the scripture, I think back about cross wave And I imagine it probably is still a little bit the same Um you go, you, have, you give a presentation, you worship God, you give a presentation or a drama or whatever. And people come up and say, well, I really like that. I, I want that. And, you know, the staff has kind of learned, I think, over the years is, you know, you kind of smile and you're thinking to yourself, no, you don't want that. You want what's behind that. <laughs> so, so in a gracious way, you just say, OK, come taste and see what, what it's all about. And, so, and that's basically what the, the scripture in Isaiah 55 and in Psalm 34 says, Come, taste and see that the Lord is good. Um, it's interesting because I know a, a number of Chinese people have told me, you know, some people are just so pushy about, they're just pushy about Christianity and they want you to make a decision. But, you know, this, the interesting thing about it is there's no push. It's just God, God pulls. God, God pulls... He, he woos people to Himself. So all we have to do is um, through His grace talk like we ought to talk and behave like we ought to behave. Have food. People come. They, they sense something different about that and they say, Wow, I kind of like what I'm sensing or feeling or hearing. And it's God who draws them here in the first place. It's God who gives them faith to believe. It's God who gives them understanding about what it's all about. And it's God who changes the heart. It's all God. Our part is all grace. Their part is all God's grace. And so, you know, at that point, you can tell somebody about this whole union with Christ. It's you know, it's what it means to be a person that's united with Christ, the wonders of the grace of life in Christ, like Tim talked about a few weeks back. We talk about the massive love that's available, not just from us, but from God Himself. That is an unending, bottomless, unconditional love and acceptance of a person. And we can also talk about the security of a salvation in Christ who's never going to die again. And so this morning, I just want to kind of throw this out there about beginning to meditate on what it means to really be united to this person that has done something in the past that now we believe has been raised from the dead and sits at the right hand of God, what it really means and the provisions he's given us in both his death and his resurrection. And so hopefully we'll be able to talk about this some more. But we have some amazing speakers that are coming up to share with us a little bit about maybe this same subject. I don't even know what they're going to talk about. But we have uh, two families that are, are on mission later this week. One to Korea, and one to China, and so um, we want to give them an opportunity to to share their hearts with us. And so I'm going to ask Yafing to come up first. The they're, they're coming down after after she speaks. Yeah, she wanted George to be up there. Okay, okay, now. Uh-huh. You know you're leaving on the 30th, right? So you can't talk any longer than that. <laughs>